This is Shaka Wart Speak. Welcome to another episode of Shaco Art Speak. I'm Ryan Letario, and I'm here with Gareth Blackwell. Hey, what's up, everybody? And we are doing a four-part series, we believe. Yeah, should be. On grant writing. This is part of our deeply practical series yeah. that I just made up <laughs> calling it that. <laughs> deeply practical as in, um, you know, we want to hit the lofty platitudes and, and talk big things, and we want to, yeah. you know, talk middle ground, and we also want to uh, jump in on things that are deeply practical that we are living through that many of our colleagues and friends are working through, whether you've been, you know, making art and working in a field of design and creativity for a long time or a little time or aspiring to it um, in every sphere. This is something that, you know, whether you're a freshman in college or you're 75 in, in pursuing um, a new project, mm-hmm. grant, grant writing is essential or yeah. it, I don't know if it's essential, but it's it's such an available opportunity. It's hard to resist not going for it. Yeah, it's definitely an avenue that should be explored. But there's a lot of mystique and questions behind it. And so what we found is, you know, both from professional practice and from institutional experience, that there's a lot of questions and there's a sometimes, not all the time, not every institution, but certainly there can be a lack of information. And, right, and, um, right. and you can feel like you have to uh, hunt down a direct line of thought on these things and that by itself feels daunting. And so yes. what it does is it leaves a lot of us, including myself at times, apathetic, if not just like paralyzed by what do I do? Oh, totally. And so we're trying to figure that out and, you know, we've got different levels of experience on this ourselves. Um, and we want to like always share whatever we can uh, in the hopes that it actually maybe improves your chances in some kind of way. Yeah, definitely. And like, you know, in that first episode, it really was charting out some territory and just kind of like giving some basic ground rules, some understanding, some uh, larger categories to say, you know, don't worry about it. Um, you can do this. It's easy to understand. You can make it happen. There are so many of them out there. Um, and so we want to get to some specifics. So uh, in this episode, the next episode in this series, what we're going to talk through is really like uh, we've got 16 things that you can help you really build a good proposal, things that you can keep in mind mm-hmm. for as you start to uh, make that grant and write out the narrative and the budget and everything that goes along with it. Um, so the you know where the first part was kind of the introduction, this is going to be the meat of it. And then in our fourth section, what we're going to get into is once you've gotten that grant, now what do you do? Because mm-hmm. um, I think a lot of times we think of the buildup. Right? You spend oh. it on Netflix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, I'm just going to, I need $3,500 uh, for a performance piece called uh, Friday Nights. Yeah, called Friday Nights Forever. Fried Pizza. <laughs> So we're gonna we're gonna break our uh, build your proposal into two parts so we can spend some time on some things. Um, but really, what we want to start off with uh, is this idea that the number one thing that you have to do um, is you have to develop an idea first. All right. Uh, sometimes what we do is we see a grant opportunity and then we say, "Oh, what can I kind of like me- mess up in some way about my work? What can I change around? What can I do differently just to force it into this idea? And there's just no need for that, right? Um, the best way to start talking about arts grants is to actually be proactive about the work that you do. You already know the work you do. It already has a value. It already has uh, a purpose and a place. Um, so if you can understand what that looks like, then as opportunities arise or as you go looking for opportunities for grants, you have something that already fits the bill. So here's real basic. You're talking about the who, what, when, where, why, and how. So what you're saying is don't take that for granted. 
Yes. Gotcha. Yeah, you don't want to, right? Because uh, a big mistake a lot of folks have is they say, oh, I see that they're giving away $10,000 grants. I'll try to figure something out to get that. Yes. Now, sometimes that'll work, but, you know, that's if 99% you're really talented. of the time it won't. Right. Uh, because these organizations are very streamlined in terms of what they want, how they want to give their money. And most of the time, the money that they're giving away is very much uh, tied to specificity. So if your idea doesn't really hit it on the head, if it's just in the general area, they're going to throw it out pretty quick in the review process. So mm -hmm. develop that idea first, right? Um, if you can't answer those questions of the who, what, when, where, why, and how of your work in terms of a project for a grant, then you're just not ready to start the process. So mm -hmm. start there. Uh, so the second thing uh, that you really want to focus on is this is not a last-minute deal. Grant writing is a weird thing. If you have not done it, grant writing is like um, someone couch surfing in your house for way longer than you agreed to. Yeah, it's super awkward and you don't really know how to have the conversation, yep. but you know it needs to be had. Has to be had. Um, you know, the things are lingering there. You don't really feel comfortable about getting back into your apartment because that person's still there. But you also know that you needed to let them surf your couch. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, you know, it's probably a good thing to do. Right. But you're um, not sure how long this person's going to stay. Yeah. And you feel like if you're too direct, you can mess the process up. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and I mean, that's, and that's the case, right? We don't want to be too quick with these things. We don't want to be too hasty. And that's why we say start early. Um, a good rule of thumb is like have at least a couple months out from the deadline. Now, one of, one of the wonderful things about grants is they're not surprises. They don't sneak up on you. You know, people aren't hiding them. Very much when we talk about writing grants and grants that are out there for artists, like these things are known 12, 18 months in advance. Yeah. And a lot of organizations, they have the same deadlines year after year after year. So if it's March 15th on 2017 and it was March 15th on 2018 and 2019, and 2020, there's a good chance that coming up on March 15th is another deadline for that same grant. So you can have the ability to start early, do this well, uh, and keep moving forward. Mm -hmm. The dates are always there. And uh, if it's one of these things where you say, I've got time, I'll push it off, and you procrastinate or you're lazy or you let it get on the back burner for too long, what's going to happen is you're going to scramble, you're going to produce bad work, you're going to write a bad proposal, you're going to have a bad, incomplete budget, and you're just going to feel anxious and stressed. There's yeah. no point. It in definitely that. increases that likelihood for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, is when you are scrambling, um, I would say that you're almost at 100% guarantee that you will not get that grant. Throwing together grants at the last minute, I have never heard of it producing a successful grant proposal. Mm -hmm. so, I will say the only, only way that I know that that kind of works like I know of someone who gets a lot of grants and it seems like they're doing them last minute and they may be doing the actual, but, but it's because they're doing the work all the time. Yeah. That's so, true. so what that's I mean true. by that is it's, it's secretly exactly what you're saying in the sense that they're, because they're, they're kind of in the million on the ball, even when they're like, yeah, I wrote a grant proposal last night, they've been writing them, they're yes. cutting and pasting and they've got a inventory exactly, and they've got, um, a very clear, um, what do you call it? Adaptable a set of ideas mm -hmm. that that actually is their work. And I'm I'm talking about a, a former guest of ours, um, who sometimes is called the uh, the Grant Whisperer. Um, but um, I, if I to, to the level of my understanding, I believe um, even then you minus the mystique. There's a lot of forethought and repetition oh, yeah. and practice in it that is um, the thing you don't want to miss. So it's like you may hear of examples, but a lot of time. Um, 
there's a lot of work that has already been a lot of muscle memory, a lot of time doing it. Is yeah, that, does that, does that make sense? Definitely. Yeah. I think that totally jives with it. And that goes back to that first thing about develop the idea. There's That's probably right. a firm enough idea that somebody can say, yeah, I, I know the idea in and out, yeah. but I can write about it. Right. And I know the structure or the genre of writing that yeah. is grant writing in a way that I can do this quickly. But just crafting last minute, like you're saying, out of fear, like crafting these ideas to fit, it's like microwaving culture. It just doesn't work that no, way. No, it doesn't. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's... It's the whole, uh, we write grants the same way that we get beach ready every year, right? Where it's like, oh, I'm going to the beach next week. Crap, I need to like not eat for five that days. It's terribly true. It's why I don't go to the beach. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean that we kind of treat grants the same way within the art uh, community where we're like, well, if it's due on March 15th and today's March 8th, I, I've got a week. <laughs> I've got plenty of time. Yeah, it's uh, you know not a problem to just do it last minute. So start early. Uh, the next thing is uh, before you do any of the heavy lifting of a grant, check your actual eligibility. Um, what I mean by this is that grants, again, are hugely specific. So when you're talking about a grant, make sure you're the type of person that will get awarded a grant like this. Don't apply for a mixed media grant if you don't do that type of work. If you're a painter, apply for a painting grant where they give those grants to people who are painters, right? You want to make sure you're a good fit. These are sometimes small staff organizations that have, like I said, very specific, like outlined money that has to go to certain types of projects. So check that eligibility. Just because you want the money doesn't mean you're a fit. Um, I wish that were the case because yeah. if that were the case, we would uh, have a whole lot more grants. Shaka Arsis would be rolling right now. <laughs> Another thing you in can an alternate do, reality, Gareth and Ryan are high on the hog with tons of money <laughs> and great projects. Yeah, very alternate reality. The. Uh, Another great thing is that you can look at past recipients. These organizations love uh, telling you who they've given money to and what projects have been successful. So you can look at it. So if an organization says, we like to contribute to the visual arts, which include photography, sculpture, painting, and graphic design, but all you see in the last three years is painters and you're a graphic designer, uh, you may not get that. Yeah. Because even though they say that they're open to giving money to you, their actions haven't shown that. Yeah. So check your eligibility, not just in the criteria that they put out there, but also in the things the that they've done. Yeah, what's indicative of their decision-making. Exactly. So that's always helpful. Um, also, like when you're checking for eligibility, if something's not clear, just email the folks. Talk to them. We, I think oftentimes with grants, we feel like it's some weird closed-off world. Like, uh, you know, we need to have the right password to be able to yeah. actually talk to them. Or if I ask, that means I'm going to show myself to be like weak and they're going to, automatically flag me and say, when they turn this in, don't give it to them because they asked a question. Yeah, it's sort of like the, the, the Wizard of Oz. You approach, you approach right. the Oz and you ignore the person behind the curtain. But the uh, person behind the curtain typically is um, a real person. And yeah, it doesn't, doesn't guarantee that. I mean, yeah, there's, there's, a, there's thresholds for like actually talking to someone. And now, you know, what's interesting is, is yeah, like uh, more and more I learned that, you know, a lot of times you'll uh, talk with uh, Grant, you know, a situation where a grant is available and the folks that are there, we'll talk with you. We'll help you. Even. Oh, yeah. They'll tell you, ah, I probably wouldn't do that. I would do this. Like, so Definitely. there's a, a level of um, available transparency that I think we're so used to not believing exists that mm -hmm. then we, we leave it further up to chance. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I've written grants uh, toward organizations that have said straight up, 
if you have if you submit this a month early, we'll actually pre-review it and tell you if we feel like you're a good fit or not, uh, or if there are things you need to change. There are organizations that will do that if yep. you ask. Also, a lot of these places, uh, you know, they're going to be going through hundreds, if not thousands, of applications. Mm-hmm. If they can have a five-minute conversation with you and save you some time by letting you know you're not a good fit or you are a good fit, yep. uh, they're willing to do that. Yeah, a lot or of to times. tweak it so that they're not wasting their time dealing with how it is that your application is off yeah because that's stealing their time you know or you know like it's making it's it's an inconvenience that can be spared for everybody and there will be committees that hate the fact that they've rejected an applicant mm-hmm. because they'll say we love their work we yep. love what they're doing but, but what they they've written just didn't match yep. up with what we're doing totally. so we just can't give it to them um so that's real so check your eligibility and do that you know ask your questions contact the people that are on the board uh that are you know uh working in the administrative side of of the grant organizations because they're happy to help they're they're very willing to mm-hmm. um the next thing is uh with your work if especially if you're applying for anything that is a visual arts type space uh you need to get professional images of your work all right don't don't sit there with your cell phone with uh you know a shadow over the image as you're taking a picture on your kitchen table mm-hmm. find somebody who can help you out right all of the supporting material that goes in is sometimes the most important thing there mm-hmm. are several uh, people who administer grants that have said very openly that in the first round, the early round of reviews, the only thing they look at is maybe the first paragraph of the proposal and the images. Yeah. I mean, this is not related, but it indirectly speaks to something is we have a submission process for Shaco Art Space, right? Mm-hmm. Now, we have shows booked out typically, and in, in definitely this is the case right now, uh, three years in advance. Mm-hmm. That means we're not necessarily showing anybody right, right, right. Like we're, we're always working and building relationships, but I can't tell you how many times people ignore the very direct submission criterion. Yes. I can't tell you. And, and that criterion is a vetting process. So when you don't adhere to it, (laughs) I don't look at it. Our team doesn't look at it necessarily. And typically, there's a correspondence between the lack of the criterion followed and also the quality of the work. It's really interesting, man, like mm-hmm. that there is a there's like an ineptitude when it comes to paying attention and following directions. I can't tell you how important it is to actually land the criterion they're requiring. And that is I mean, and it is a it is a heightened thing when you talk about grants. Totally. It's com- very competitive. They're very happy to say, oh, this one thing wasn't followed to the T. Uh, put them in the reject pile. Yep. Uh, I mean, and, and some of that is not out of a meanness or a haughtiness. It's very much out of the fact that they just have so many they're looking at. Yep. And a lot of these folks are not doing this as their full-time job. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, volunteer boards of people that are doing this. They're experts in other parts uh, of the country or state. So um, those images have to be top-notch because you need to show in uh, a two-dimensional space something that largely should not be shown in that mm-hmm. in terms of an ability to grasp uh, everything about it, mm-hmm. right? You you don't get the fullness of the image, so they have to be as close to perfect as they can be mm-hmm. in order to, uh, to just communicate well to that committee what your work is. Um, also because sometimes um, committee members are not coming from this space, so to speak. Mm-hmm. They may not be in your lane that you're really rocking pretty heavy in your art. Um, so they're not going to have like the context. They're not going to have the feeling. Yeah, they can get always. the gist of it. Yep. Uh, they need to know exactly what is being shown. So if you have to hire somebody, if you've got to barter your work with somebody, if you've got to learn how to do it on your own, like that's fine. Yep. But whatever it is, get those professional quality images. Um, to that same point, you also have to choose appropriate images. 
um, just taking photos of your work, everything has to go back to the prompt, the question, the the grant possibility that's there and have appropriate appropriate images in that space. So if you are trying to do a certain type of project, show some past work that shows you can do that kind of project. You know, if you're trying to get a grant for painting, why would you include images of sculpture? Why would you include images of something that isn't with that, right? You want to choose appropriate images because this is a very specific conversation you're having. It's direct. It's yeah, people, concise. People want to give money to sure things. Yeah, definitely. You know, so if you're, you know, there's a certain person, people love ask. People love aspiration, but they want to see it tangibilized and they want a sure thing. And so you do see a lot of big, big awards, awards given like, in, you know, grants and, and um, just awards given to people that are, are, there's a, sometimes like a safeness to their work. Uh, oh, yeah. Frustratingly, right. sometimes. That's you very know, much the case. Yeah. And so you, you want to know how to present the work in a way that demonstrates a reliability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the people who are jurying these things that are actually going through and looking at the applications, I mean, more of what you're doing, you're not trying to excite them or make them think your work is cool. You're trying to show them that you can receive the money and do the work. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is, I mean, we don't like talking about things in this way, but when we talk about grants as a highly transactional relationship, they expect that by giving you this amount of money, you will produce this amount of work. And they mm-hmm. need to be shown that and convinced mm-hmm. that that is the possibility. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, we just have to understand that that's what's going on. There's nothing personal with it. So the appropriateness of our images is actually going to help them the most because it acts as like, a, you know, um, kind of like a, a surgical needle rather than, you know, a vitamin you might take, right? right. It's not spreading throughout the whole space. It's going to a very specified yep. location. And that's, that's what this looks like. Um, and you know, to your point earlier, Ryan, like, uh, the next thing, uh, that is really important is, uh, you've got to actually prepare your files properly, right? So if they're asking for, I mean, I, I don't know how many times even in, uh, helping go through some undergraduate grants that I've helped administer in the past, um, we've said, Hey, you know, submit three, three things of your work and then I'll just get a link. I'm not clicking your link. I didn't ask for that. Yeah. Link. Facts. Yeah, Give that's, me that's your so, image. Yep. You know, and, um, cause even, I mean, you even got to think like this side, side note, like even like links, like, you know, as someone who's done admissions at VCU, um, I've looked at thousands and thousands and thousands yeah. of applications over a decade plus, you know, you get sent a link or something like there's times where I'm actually now at this point for cybersecurity sake, like I'm not even confident that I can look at the link. Definitely. Like it, when it steps out of protocol and the criterion we vetted and determined is the, the best best process for you to submit yourself to our vetting processes so that we can make a decision about you. You you want to stick to the protocol. You can't like skips or determining for yourself allowances that get out from under what we're requiring. Yes. Um, doesn't doesn't does not serve you mm-hmm. and you're not circumventing the process if anything it actually expedites disqualifying you that's, that's a huge point it's just it just is like you're 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 unless you are so overwhelmingly good mm-hmm. i mean which is rare yeah especially to seasoned eyes it, you're not going to be able to pull it off that way yeah because you know? i don't care if you ask for an if you say i'm so sorry will you just please even that, what you're doing there is you're offloading your responsibility and burdening the other person mm-hmm. by appealing to something in them to take. It's sort of like saying, like, I want to burden you further 
by apologizing and excusing the fact that I'm not going to do it the way you're asking. Yeah. And, and, and then you go on with it. And what you're doing is you're not even appealing to them on the grounds of their authority to make those choices. You're actually burdening them with, with a kind of a displacement of you not taking responsibility. Yeah, it's, like, it's crazy. Because again, like this, the stress here is that this is, these are things that have to happen quickly. They have to be very specific and like nobody's got time for the special cases. In mm-hmm. this, right. This is, this isn't a space where we are no, nobody on a, on a jury for a, a grant proposal. Um, nobody's sitting there saying, I hope to really cultivate somebody through this experience. They want you to be apt to do the work and submit properly. So if it says five images at maximum 1000 pixels wide, and you submit six images, like well, you're you're done. Mm-hmm. Like that's yeah, that's most a, cases that's a reject. If yeah. you submit four, it's the same thing. Yep. Right. Like submit what they ask in the size they ask in the format they ask. Um, it's a little work on your part. I mean, this is one of those things that you would be surprised how many times people get hung up on this and get disqualified from a grant proposal opportunity because they didn't do something that literally was five to fifteen minutes worth of work. Mm-hmm resizing these, changing some things, doing some stuff. So always prepare those files. Same thing, if, if the narrative calls for 700 words, don't, don't say I can get by with 1,000, all right? Most cases, it's not going to be what's going on. Some places will be somewhat vague. Well, they'll say a single page of 700 words, and then you're like, well, I can get 800 on this page. Yeah, because so. there's looseness in the criterion there between a single page and 700 words. You know? Right. Yeah. So yeah, if yeah. you if you just follow their guidelines, uh, that's going to be hugely hugely helpful because um, one it just shows that you're respecting the process. Because if you can't follow the guidelines, there is an assumption also that you're not going to be able to actually follow the guidelines of spending the grant money if you get it. That's a, what and one. That's of the, a yeah, tricky th- subject. Those are easy extrapolations to make if I'm. Yeah, if I'm on the side of giving up the money and I have I'm I'm in uh, been given tasks with certain responsibilities as I represent an yeah. endowment by a family that has allocated certain amount of funds each year, there are legacy responsibilities that most grant uh, giving organizations are stewarding. Oh yeah, And it has to do with uh, the sustaining of their own institution and possibly the representation of whoever is uh, given the endowment that this money can be allocated. Right. And so definitely, yeah. So the fudging of the rules um, in, in terms of personal pleading and, I mean, you're, you know, you could try whatever you want, but if you really are trying to give yourself the best chance, the practice of this as well makes it easier to continue to step into it repetitiously. Yeah. And, and, and your career is a great space for your creative work. Uh, applying for a grant doesn't need to be a space where you need to practice creativity too much. Uh, you just kind of have to follow the guidelines. Um, so the, uh, the, the last two things that we want to talk about uh, in this part of the episode is uh, practice your writing. All right. That's a huge one. And a lot of us enter writing and we think of it uh, like it's like it's like a bicycle. Right. You always hear you, you never learn. You never forget how to ride a bicycle. You can always pick it back up. Doesn't matter how many years it's been. It's not the same with writing, especially not the same with writing when we talk about grant writing. So practice your writing because sometimes your writing gets you into a super weird place mentally. And, and I see this like with the students that I teach, I have them write a paper and I'm like, I've talked to you and I've never heard you say anything remotely like this. Um, where's your actual voice? Where's the part of you that's very um, agreeable and help people understand in class when you speak? It's just not in your writing. We've been taught in a lot of our courses, uh, whether it was through, you know, elementary school, high school, college, wherever it is, that writing is somehow a very different thing from speaking. 
And, you know, if you're really bad at speaking, like if you just, you know, you fumble on your words and things like that, then writing should be a little different. But for most of us, we are able to put together really good, coherent thoughts. We can speak about things. We can tell a story, especially if we speak about our work. So we have to actually practice our writing. Pick up a few books on writing. Look at some websites. Watch some videos on YouTube from folks who are writers that will teach you something about how to do this. Um, you want to be able to instill your voice and speak with a confidence and a professionalism that makes people say, hey, there's some personality to what I'm reading. There, I see the individual in this, but I also see their ability um, to really speak into what's going on. If you took a whole lot of comp classes in college, you probably have gotten all the prescriptive, wooden-feeling uh, sort of uh, processes and setups for like, this is how you do this, say this here and this here. Grant writing has that, but it wants you to instill that voice, especially within the space of arts grant writing. Um, in that same space, uh, if you're having a hard time, you say, well, I just can't do it. I sit down, I see the blinking cursor on the page. It just doesn't happen. Uh, well, then sit down with something like your phone and start recording yourself talking through this and just get it all out. Just have some nice, wonderful word vomit happen and record it. Go back and listen to it. What you're probably going to find is that over time, you can start to distill things out of what you said and create a very good narrative for your grant. Also, it gives you the chance to practice this and say it to other people who aren't in your field, who are your friends, who might be able to give you some input. So having somebody who can sit there and say, oh, uh, yeah, this is what it sounded like you said, the gulf between what you think you said and what people heard you say is often mm. very wide. Yes, so it is. whatever you can do, practice your writing so that you can start doing that early on mm -hmm. and then do it over and over again till you get to your perfect proposal, your perfect narrative for that grant so that you can hopefully win that thing. Yeah, don't be afraid of getting feedback to understand whether you're communicating through the means of writing, like whether you're actually saying what you feel. Like oftentimes yeah. what we think on the inside is so cogently, is so seemingly cogent because it's sort of uh, softened uh, there's no accountability to it. It just floats in our heads. Uh, and, and there's a lot of gaps that we're not experiencing because we're yeah. not uttering or putting yep. it down into writing. And so uh, it can feel clearer than when, you know, so I can, I can, a lot of us are highly intuitive. So I can say, Hey, what, well, what do you mean by that? And all of a sudden you're done. The person can't answer that question. It's because they haven't practiced e examining their thoughts, bringing those ideas out and forward. Yep. And so what you want to do is make sure that you're also, um, you can't be afraid. I loathe getting feedback sometimes um, because it's like you just want to get through. You don't want to have to change things. But the mm -hmm. truth is um, you need to have a decent set of eyes on it to confirm to you whether or not what you're saying is is being heard. Because if not, you're, you're miscommunicating an idea and making it the case that you may not get the grant just based on that alone. Yeah, yeah. And, and to be honest, like what's more disappointing, a uh, friend telling you early in the process that your writing was, un they couldn't understand it and they thought it wasn't that good or getting rejected for the application that you applied, the grant you applied for because you just didn't have it. Um, I'd rather have like four or five rounds of, of a friend telling me, oh, this isn't that good. Oh, it's a little better. Oh, yep. it's getting there. I'd rather have that than just the flat out, sorry, you didn't get it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you, you may still get that, but at the end, you, at least you know you have a solid uh, grant that you've applied for. And so the last thing, uh, what goes hand in hand with your writing is going to be establishing that budget. So the budget and the proposal should be two halves of this, right? The budget uh, should make sense with what you're talking about in your proposal, and your proposal should mimic the things that are necessary in your budget. 
any grant is more or less a need case for materials, for studio time, for travel, for research, whatever it may be for your work. So writing a budget is actually helping you kind of catalog what it is you need to do this project. There are a bunch of grants that I have seen where students and early professionals have written out and they'll say, okay, it's a $7,000 grant for research into a project, and they'll put something like $7,000 for research, mm-hmm. and that's it. Well, that, that doesn't instill any hope. $700 is worth of YouTube binge-watching uh, $2 movies. No. I mean, pretty much. I mean, like even that stuff is helpful, right? Mm-hmm. So it really is going through and just parsing out every little bitty thing. $35 goes to taquitos. I mean, yeah. I've I mean, seen weirder things. Yeah. That coffee pot. Per, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, office supplies. Yeah. Coffee pots, office supplies, uh, you know, a new chair, mm-hmm. um, you know, like $400 in lumber. Like it's tangible too. Most it people, most people aren't, uh, how do you say this? Most people are not visual in the way that we think. Yeah. And so when you start to crystallize a visual picture of these items, it infleshes the proposal and, and people are pretty okay with, um, you know, the story framework and then, and the reasoning and then the tangibility is like, okay, that is not abject or, or sorry, abstract. Mm -hmm. It's, it's not, you know, um, esoteric and ethereal it's it's um concrete Mm -hmm. and i know that chairs cost this much so i'm square with that i see the logic you know whatever it is oh yeah yeah you know and it's i think we shy away from that because we think that sometimes that descriptive information undermines the concept that is presented in the proposal which is funny because a lot of these organizations the reason they started giving out grants is because they knew about those concrete details that artists needed to do their work and they were trying to enable them by giving them money for those things Mm -hmm. um you know so it's it's also very important that again you you look at and read through one more time what the the call for this grant proposal um document even says in the first place because if it says something about you know we don't you cannot use this grant for travel or you cannot use this grant for personal payment. Um, don't include those things in your budget. Find mm-hmm. another way to get the money into the budget, uh, but don't use those. You have to be very, very specific here. So mm-hmm. if you're saying that you need paint, don't put paint $400. Put, you know, four containers of 16 ounce of this type of paint in these colors, mm-hmm. uh, $25 each, total $400 or $100, right? Like do that. Also, don't shy away from very, very technical names. Oh, yeah. So if it's like polymer, you know, I don't know. Like I use uh, LeFranc flash paint. Um, Like I'll be as specific as I can. Yes. um, And as technical as I can because it takes it it, in replace in, in, in place of the softness of the imagination of the reader. I'm replacing that gap with concrete specificity mm-hmm. and specificity uh, uh, brings about greater um, assurance of your competency. Yes. So it, it tends to work towards convincing rather than exactly. moving away. The more you dig into that, the more somebody can go, oh, I this is actually feasible. The yeah. project you want to do is feasible because you have fleshed it out in great detail. Yeah, so like if you said, if you're talking about this like liquid flow paint and you have names for it and specificity, that specificity is different than just saying I need paint to make a painting. Right. So it, it, I mean, everybody does. Everybody, everybody does. Paint. Yeah. So why but, do you, why are you special? Right. If I said to you, I need Daniel Smith oil paint made, uh, specifically made during the nineties because the process for cold press, uh, cold 
linseed oil, whatever base paint is different. And you start to have those specifications. Like it just, uh, it's another way of individuating your, your vision down to the micro details. And those are micro details that are just a matter of whether you're lazy or not. You're not Mm -hmm. making that up. It's just, yeah, you're thorough. It's a thoroughness. Right. Yeah. So, um, these are just the first eight. Right. This is the first half of the things that you really need to talk about when you think about building your proposal. So it is developing your ideas. It is starting early, checking your eligibility for the grants themselves, making sure that the images that you submit are professional quality, choosing appropriate images to put with your proposal, preparing your files properly, practicing the writing that you do over and over again, and then making out a budget. So these first eight will really get you down uh, the road a whole lot. And in the next uh, part of this series on grants, we'll get into the last eight, and hopefully you'll have a solid understanding of what it looks like to build that first proposal. You've been listening to Shaco Art Speak, a production of Shaco Art Space. We are an independent, nonprofit art gallery in Richmond, Virginia. We can be found online at shacoartspace.com and in real life in historic Shaco Bottle.